Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest is Adrian King. Cool-ass dude. I met Adrian... Well, I guess we haven't met technically. Uh, but he had me as a guest on his show. Adrian has his shoes. You could find that, you know, on iTunes. The episode is called Revel Yell. And we had way too much fun, and we had, you know, we met on Twitter and never met each other, and then talked for an hour and just couldn't shut up. We are, he, he referred to me as his evil twin and vice versa. Just so nice, so cool, and he's been super supportive of Let's Chat since I've done a show. He's come on. If you follow Let's Chat on social media like Twitter or Facebook, you've definitely seen some retweets or us talking because we just talk online all the time because he's a super cool guy. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode is how he explains he can't like the X-Men movies because he's such a fanboy. Uh, he just can never really truly enjoy X-Men, which is fucking great. I mean, Adrian's a geek and uh, self-proclaimed geek. I'm not, and I don't mean that derogatory. I think it's a great term. I love, I love nerds and geek culture. It's fucking. I consider myself probably more of a geek than a nerd personally, but I'm not sure what the definition is. Uh, we. One of the cool things we get to talk about is, like, he's a subculture within the subculture because he's black. So it's like, what's it like being a black nerd? And um, we have some really cool conversation about that with the inclusion movement, which I'm so supportive of that the nerd community is all about accepting of minorities and the LBGT community. And that's fucking great. I really think that's wonderful. So Adrian, his podcast is wonderful. Uh, Similar... In this episode, towards the end, he'll plug two podcasts because when we recorded, his show was called Adrian Has Adrian and Atlas Have Issues. I believe those back issues are still up. Uh, and then Adrian, similar to myself, had a co-host, and then for whatever reason, ended up taking on solo and um, doing it himself. So his show now is Adrian Has Issues. You can find him on. Um, he's Adrian Smart. He has a face, um, not a Facebook, a real website. Adrian has issues.com really good website. He, I maybe I should hire him cause it's really good. And I, I need to, I should get one of these. Um, he's on facebook.com slash Adrian has issues and, uh, on the old Twitter at Adrian has issues and, uh, follow this dude. You know, if you are listening to the episode that was released right before it, you'll see it's, uh, S- Steve Kazan Kazan. And Sid, very long last name, sorry Sid if you're listening, uh, from Wasted the Show, a Cana- uh, they're Canadian filmmakers. Adrian had them on first. Uh, that's how I found them on Twitter, through his through Adrian's Twitter page. Uh, so we've had some similar guests, and I just can't say enough about this episode. It was just as much fun to record as it sounds. Um, I wish we had more time. Uh, I'll pull the curtain behind you a little bit. Pull the curtain behind for you. This particular night where I recorded with Adrian, I recorded two podcasts back-to-back, not a break. You know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, and it really isn't. It's only maybe like two, two and a half hours. But I recorded with Brian and Ronnie of the X Epic Dudes X podcast, and right when that ended, I jumped right onto Adrian's, uh, had Adrian on, which was fucking great. I'm so happy, but man, I will never do two podcasts again back-to-back like that. I was so tired. I, uh... Man, I was just so tired. You have no idea. After the end of this episode, I had to go to bed and go to work, and I was just wired because I always get like a little high after an interview, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> um, check us out on the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. Email the show, uh, Let's Chat Podcast at gmail dot com. We are also on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast and Facebook, Facebook dot com slash Let Us Chat. Let me know what you think of the show. Oh, find our new episodes on squarepop.com as well. Um, I don't know. Adrian, again, thanks for coming on. I know we talk about it in the episode about watching that bad Wolverine Ryan Reynolds movie and then doing an episode about it. Uh, we were talking on Facebook. We are planning to do that. I don't know where it will end up getting posted. Adrian, big thank you for coming on. Please check out Adrian Has Issues. His podcast is fucking great. If you need to get on a show as a guest, come on mine. Go on his we're always looking for people. Yeah, let's get to it. Welcome 
Miller, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri. Funk, Master Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski. Well, no, no. This is your first time on. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, and thank you for having This is actually the first time I've ever like guest hosted on someone else's show and I'm I'm kinda scared. Like I don't know what to do. Like <laughs> I've never actually, you know, been on another show, so I'm like, I hope I don't come off like a total idiot. Well it's funny because the first time I had ever been a guest on a podcast was yours. So I was just like, I don't know what to do either. Do I I don't know what to do. I was like, don't control the ship. Let them control the ship. That was Stop talking, the thing. Chris. <laughs> but at the same time, like it worked perfectly because I didn't realize it was going to work as well as it did. Not that I was thinking it was going to be a train wreck, but it was just sort of like, holy crap, Like this came out really, really well. I got like a bump from you, to be quite honest. Like I got a whole bunch of Twitter love and a bunch of number downloads from all over. It was, uh, it was very exciting. Awesome. So, uh, Adrian and Atlas have issues, right? Correct? Yep. The name? Yeah, yeah. I... I as I, I knew the name, and as I said it, I doubted myself because I was thinking of uh, the Michael Ian Black show. And then I was like, crap, that better be the right name. And that's actually funny. When I came up with the title, I'm like, I hope they don't think we're ripping off of, like, you know, Michael and Michael. Yeah. Good thing that didn't last long enough. So you Which could, is a shame fine. because I love that show. I didn't get to watch it, but I, I, I hope that comes on streaming somewhere down the line. At some point, it might. But again, it, it only lasted like a handful of episodes. It didn't last long at all. Yeah, I heard Michael Ian Black talking about it somewhere, and it was like, he was like, he had no idea. I was like, I don't know. We made it cheap. We turned everything on time. We did everything they asked. And TV is so fickle like that, though. Like, it if really it doesn't is. hit a certain number, it's like you just disappear. Do you remember, not even that long ago, there was this whole big thing that Paul Reiser was coming back to television. It was like the Paul Reiser show. It might have been called the Paul Reiser show. Oh, and yeah. And he had a guest, Larry David. I think it did one episode after. Community or one of those NBC shows, and then just disappeared like it never existed. Right, and it was so weird. It made it such a big deal because it's like you remember this guy from Mad About You, and I'm like, I mean, the show that my dad watched. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. You mean not Friends? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. People love that show. Like, yeah, I didn't really realize how I've been one of them since they re-added them to Netflix. I'm on season two right now, and it's been amazing. Awesome. I, you know, I don't think I even really watched Friends when it aired. I feel like I just watched it in reruns, and it was more of that, like, nothing else is on mindless television. And then there's a, some of them are, like, just comedy gold. Like, And then it really turns out that I'm finding it's, like, the ones that I really loved so far in, like, the first, like, two seasons. Like, every episode is an, em- an episode I remembered that I loved. And I didn't know it was so close together. The later seasons aren't good. Yeah, I didn't really watch it in its original run, but like you said, I watched it a lot on reruns at like, you know, after like, you know, late, like late night on like Channel 11. And it's funny, like I was, um, I ended up getting hurt. This is maybe going back like three, four years ago. And I had to do physical therapy. But every time I would go in to do physical therapy, they would always have, um, I guess, TBS on the friends. So, of course, while I'm sitting there trying to like, you know, leave like a severe back pain i would laugh hysterically and like further throw up my back so i have like this weird love-hate relationship with friends (laughs) i just got ill in new jersey over christmas and it was terrible and the whole time i was like why is friends not on right now that's all i want is comfort (laughs) oh oh, so what are you trying to say new jersey made you sick huh (laughs) it wasn't new jersey just oh no i love your state uh we've as we said on your episode, when I was on your show, uh, yeah, I was actually like super close to where you live the whole time. I was like, wonder if we run into each other. And then I realized I don't know what he looks like, and that's why we never did. <laughs> it, I, it would I be deliberately better. keep pictures of myself like off the site because I figure if people know what I look like, oh my god, like look at this man. <laughs> I I found out what you look like. You just look like a regular guy, right? Oh, so you mean I don't look like Jean Claude Van Damme? I mean, that's what everyone looks like, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that's. I think people who go into podcast and uh, are like, "Well, acting's not going to work out." <laughs> <laughs> like a voice for radio kind of stuff. Did you try that too? Like, did you ever do like acting classes, anything like that? No, in like fourth grade, I really wanted to be an actor, and then I didn't like it, and I quit. <laughs> like everything else in life. <laughs> oh, that was dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, um, no, I. Actually, because of the, the podcast, I just um, I, I just finally got. It's been a, 
a long time in the making, but I just got up on a podcast network. So I had the guy on, Joe, really cool guy. And uh, he invited me to, uh, he, I was like, I really want to take like an improv class. He's like, oh, you could try this place. And he's like, well, do you want to be good? I'm like, no, I don't want to be good. I just want to have fun. He's like, oh, come with me in my comedy group every Sunday. And we, we do sketch writing. So I'm going to start, I'm going to be joining a sketch writing group. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to meet people and do things. I actually am very extroverted and love human beings and love going out and get sad if I'm alone for too long. That's definitely, you know, that's not for everybody. Like, I mean, but you know what, though, considering you seem to be, you know, obviously well adjusted with the podcasting. So I guess it's I mean, the only thing is, you know, you are, you know, talking to somebody. I don't know. Do you don't really do you do many like, I guess, in person recordings or is it all mostly over Skype? You know, I refuse to do Skype up, up until recently, and I prefer in person. And then I got to a point where I just could only record with people who I personally know. Because so I didn't want to really have strangers to my home because I was recording in my bedroom. And I kind of hit a peak where I could only record with – I just ran out of guests. So that's when I uh, – unintentional. I wanted to record with someone who lived in Utah, and they were going to be in Vermont one weekend and then it didn't happen I really want to have him on so he's like well let's, we can do Skype and I was always like kind of reserve, had some reserves about it and now it's I, I, I hate saying it. it's been a lot of Skype interviews mostly because uh, it's easier to get a Skype interview with someone who's like bigger because and like if they have a name or something to promote because it's like they live in New York they live in LA or they live right. somewhere and so yeah uh, no I prefer in person but Skype has also been wonderful Oh, crap, crap, crap. You asked crap, a crap. question. I hope I answered it. No, that's all right. I just realized, um, unfortunately, I'm trying to – because I, I bought like a case of um, Angry Orchard Hard Cider, and since that's boring to me, which it's – I decided, well, let's just mix that with the rest of this fireball I had from over the weekend. <laughs> and I kind of like turned oh, it over a little bit just to kind of like mix it, and I realized, oh, shit, that's actually like pouring over the bottle. But that's amazing. Uh, well, so I actually wanted to have my friend Nate come on with me for this episode because he's a huge comic book fan, but he had to work because I know you're a big comic guy. Are you, so are you uh, self-proclaimed or are you full-on geek or nerd? Like, do you openly admit? Oh, I am. Oh, you know what? Right now I'm actually wearing a uh, Firefly-related shirt, so. Oh, I love you. I, I was very against it for a while, and then. I would say within like the last ten years, I've just fully embraced it because like you know what, I am not really I am self-professed like it's terrible like there's no way I can go maybe five ten minutes without making some sort of like terrible reference or you know calling back to some sort of geeky thing. It just it just is like it's just it's me now, horribly so it's it's like a sickness. I think I might need help. <laughs> no, I think it's great, and that's one thing I really love is talking about. I like talking to people about things they love, and I like a lot of that. I like that stuff a lot. Um, one thing we're Facebook friends, so I know that you're you're black. And how Ooh. does that affect? Is that, uh, did you not know? No. I, well, did I not know that I was black, or did I not know that you knew yeah. that I was black? Oh, you said it in our, in our episode too. <laughs> but then, but like, is it, sorry. This is going <laughs> to turn into like a Frost Nixon kind of thing. Like, I'm just going to keep oh, battling God. you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you told you were open with your race in the beginning, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry I to mark steamroll your question, but please continue. I'm sorry. No, please. That's the whole point of the show. Just fucking talk over me. Everyone else does. I actually prefer it. Like, give me the le- someone who talks more than me is my ideal guest, so I can do less. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked on my show, right? Yeah. I, so, yeah. Um, from but what like, I'm gathering um, what you were saying, like, I guess being, I guess what, just I guess a black nerd in general. Does that? No, a black nerd. I mean, that's like a thing, man. That's like a whole different sort of uh, – you're like a minority within a minority because I've been to Comic-Con and it's a bunch of fucking white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and now some women. It's... I'm hoping that it helps you somehow. I hope I hope somehow it helps you with the ladies or gentlemen, whatever you, you're into. <laughs> yes and no. Well, it's funny though because now – Excuse me, stupid alcohol. Growing up, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, the schools I went to were predominantly (laughs) white. So it was one of those things where, you know, you didn't really, I didn't get a lot of that growing up. I mean, obviously my, you know, my siblings, my cousins were all very geeky in our own sort of ways. But it really wasn't until I would say fairly recently that, you know, because you said it's a niche within a niche and... 
the one thing I don't know if you've really been paying attention, but the big thing in the geek community now is obviously inclusion for people, you know, of color, you know, females, you know, to actually be able to get, you know, into the geek world. And I would say though, a lot of people. Yeah, it's weird because. Oh, you go ahead. I didn't no, mean to cut just, you off. I was just saying, it's just really weird because it's just something that's really started to become prominent. So I don't know if that answers your question, but like, it's well, only, I think only it's been good, a thing now. It's, isn't it strange that a very shunned community of people that were getting picked on and every minority group ever in history does this? And it's like, so geeks and nerds are always being made fun of and it was always like just the stereotype is like dorky white guys or whatever. And then now it's like, then they become a little bit cooler, and then they're dicks to everyone who's not a dorky white guy. Right, and it, it's like they become like tough. frat guys. That's something. Yeah, I, I noticed that within the gaming community, and I did notice that too with comic books too. But thankfully, you know, going back to social networking and things like you know Twitter, it's really opened my eyes to see that there is a much bigger world out there and the type of people I've met aren't the type of people I ever would have seen, you know, in person at a comic book store, or even at a convention. And thankfully, even at conventions and like, let's say for instance, New York Comic Con, because that's when I go to like almost every year since it started in 2006. From 2006 up until I would say this past year, 2014, the amount of females and people of color really started to grow like a lot more. But, I mean, obviously the numbers are still small, but, yeah, it's something that I really hope becomes a, a bigger thing. And I, I don't – and even I can even relate just, like, to music. And, like, I remember going to, like, hardcore punk and ska shows and because we were the kids that didn't fit anywhere – we didn't, like, fit in anywhere else. It's – honestly, it all comes back to Lord of the Flies. Like, you own no matter what – Every social group you go into, there's this weird hierarchy that gets built into within even a niche community. And it always bums me out because I was like, oh, a ska show. Everyone makes fun of ska kids. So now we can go to a ska show and just be in love with ska. And then then there becomes that thing. And then there's the popular kid who makes fun of the dorkier kid. I'm like, you're both dorks. You don't understand. You're listening to ska. I love ska. It's okay. No, ska's so like, and that, And like, it's just really – it really bummed me out when that stuff happened. I know that's very, like, whenever I try to play video games online, the amount of racism you have to go through is just, like, offensive. It really is. And it's it's a really, it is a shame because, again, this, we kind of take it for granted now because, let's say, in, like, the last five years or so, you know, with, just with all, like, the comic book movies, geek culture in general has blown up. But it wasn't too long ago, like, even in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s, it's it wasn't nearly as big as it was and again a lot of those guys you know it was a very insular thing you know like like you said like lord of flies kind of thing you know they in a way were they would get picked on or ostracized so they formed their own club where i guess they figured if they would sort of become like their own hierarchy they wouldn't get picked on by the other guys but the problem is the culture at least with geek culture, gaming culture, just culture in general, is growing out of that. It's growing past that where people who, much like them, were afraid to get in are now being exposed to these things. And I think in a way there's a certain fear that comes with it. Like all of a sudden mm. their little club is now being breached. And by obviously well-meaning people who just want in and want to enjoy the things that they want to enjoy. So there's like this natural, I think, inclination for them to be angry and upset and almost in an almost comedic way, like it's almost so overblown, the level of vitriol that people get, you know, when they realize. And it's not even like they're not, you know, they're just honestly, they just want to enjoy the things that they enjoy, but without all the bullshit. So it's very it's very sad to see that even now somebody, you know, even with as big as this has become, there's still that need for people to kind of want to shut others out. Yeah, I just I, it just bums that part of it bums me out. But let's focus on more of the positive things uh, of it. I, I, that was just a question I had for you just when I was like, oh man, that's I just thought that was really fascinating. Um, well, people love the fact that, like, especially at work. I, I mean, I'm not going to throw names out there, but I, there's a guy I know. Um, well, he loves it. He's in a way, it's kind of like a weird novelty. Maybe I should feel bad about it, but this guy's flat out just said, you know, I don't know many black nerds. I'm like, yeah, there's tons of us, dude. It's just like, how come I don't know about them? It's like, um. Kind of for the reason I was just actually just explaining to you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but isn't that weird too? Be like, you don't know a lot of black nerds. 
nerds. I'm like, yeah, but the same thing. I would never be like, I don't know a lot of white nerds. Like, you would never put someone's race in the in first. So I, 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 so I grew up in a very multicultural area and get super offended at closed-minded asshole at people, even when they're not even trying to be offensive. But like, you're not representative for the black or nerd community. You're just, you're just Adrian. Like, right. you're like, and that's the thing. Like, it's I like just I just happen to like one of the most popular. You're like, I just happen to like what now is considered pop culture. That's not that rare. Everybody likes Star Wars. It's like the Beatles. Everyone likes the Beatles. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know. I actually know somebody. I won't put her on blast, but I do know people who don't like Star Wars. It's okay. I've made peace. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not like a, fa- a super fan by any means, but uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and that, oh, I wish you had told me that. I, I actually don't want to do this podcast anymore. You have to leave now. Oh no. I mean, I'm. A... <laughs> oh wait. I'm sorry. Is it? Is that my cab? Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jar Jar Binks fanatic personally. <laughs> you suck and go straight to hell. That's just funny. Like you, so someone could say something offensive to you, you'd be like, eh, whatever. Or like rate about like about a personal attack, and you probably let it go. I'm, let me just guess this about you. But if someone said like genuinely that they like Jar Jar, you would probably scream at them for thirty five minutes. You motherfucker! Here's why Lucas fucked up. <laughs> I try, and again, this is it's bad because a lot of the things that I try not to do, it's like a knee jerk reaction. The Jar Jar thing doesn't screw up enough, but. I, I get that way in terms of, like, for instance, you know, obviously everybody knows that Episode seven is coming out at the end of this year. So what do you think about that? I'm excited, dude. I'm, yeah, really, me too. I'm, just, I'm amped for it. But a lot of people, I guess, you know, since we came out of the prequels, I think a lot of people are trying. We came out of the prequels. I love you. You're fucking awesome. <laughs> like, we survived talk- the prequels. You're talking to, like, people who came out of the Holocaust. Like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it was tough. <laughs> it was times are bad, but we we persevered. We pressed on. Our people have had a rough twenty year, ten years of waiting. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> of those movies, why did he have to use the CGI? <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It was. It was. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some things I could pick and choose out of them, but in a way, it looks like I don't know. I'm biased because. The one I will say, I'm a huge J.J. Abrams fan. And to me, it takes a geek to understand geek. Yeah. Whereas Lucas, obviously, when he started out, I'm sure he obviously was in love with this baby. And over time, you know, you kind of get jaded with certain things. Maybe you don't feel it as much as you did. But I can't think of a better person to hand the reins over to. I and know. he pretty much... And people will argue this, though, but Star Trek... While not dead, no one really was doing much of Star Trek for a while until Abrams came up and said, you know what, let's pick this back up. Let's explore, you know, this this franchise again. So he found this weird bridge of old fans and also found a way to tweak the story to invite, you know, a new group of people in. And that's rare because that doesn't happen too often. So I figured if he's going to put the same amount of care into the Star Trek series... I can't imagine they're going to deliberately go into Star Wars and try to basically replicate the things that people didn't like about, you know, the Lucas prequels. Well, I love that there's not doing CGI. He's doing all, like, puppetry or whatever, real actual stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they're really making they're making sets. They're using, like, you know, traditional effects. I mean, there's I'm sure there's going to be some CGI. Of course, but... at some level. But, like... Yeah, it's gonna. I personally, I'm I'm someone that you're referring to. I did not know or really care for the old Star Trek. Did not like it. I just didn't watch it. Didn't know about it. Wasn't in my wheelhouse of knowledge. Fucking love the movie. I mean, one of my favorite. I watched that movie uh, with my wife like last week, just for the fun. We're like, let's put on a movie that we both love. We were like, kind of. I was like, oh, the fir- what's the first one called? Star Trek Into Darkness. That was the second one. I think okay. the first one was just called Star Trek. Yeah, like oh, let's just put on Star Trek because that's a fucking. Beat by beat, that's a great movie. It starts out great, it just goes, it goes, it goes, it's great. The high climax, the it's it's a fucking brilliant movie, and it's fun. And my wife, obsessive Trekkie to, like, fandom obsessive, nice. catches all these jokes and little aspects of the Star Trek universe that I don't catch as a, just a, a Johnny-come-lately fan. Right. And I, I, I hope he does that with Star Wars. Like, I think someone like me who likes it, but, like, I mean... I don't say it like I'm not trying to be like rude like oh I just kind of like it it's just people love it so much I don't even want to claim too much fandom into it because I don't want to be yelled at right and you know what I figured it's crazy because on paper everything makes sense aside from the fact you're using regular you know sets and you know things like that 
the was it the co-writer of the Empire Strikes Back is involved in the project. Um, obviously, John Williams is in. Like they took elements of what made the original trilogy so great, but at the same time, and I actually had this discussion um, with my girlfriend. Was this my girlfriend or my best friend? But the point being is that much like Star Trek, while it will pay homage to what came before. What fans might have to realize is that they're not going to remake those old movies. It's still going to be like a new thing. It, you can't do it again. You, I mean, lightning doesn't always strike again, you know? Definitely not. So there's going to have to be an open mind with this because I think, unfortunately, the the rabbit fandom, are. I think they're already set to dislike it. Because, I mean, you already saw how they reacted on the internet when they saw, um, what's the, the black gentleman, um... Um, but yeah, yeah. his last name, you know, dressed in a stormtrooper garb. How they reacted when they saw the um, the, the the lightsaber with like the guard on it and things like that. Like you know, there's these things. Obviously, they took something that's known and put like a fresh new spin on it. And unfortunately, some of the fans have just they took that and they really got angry about it. But again, like people need to realize this isn't. You know, I hate to use that stupid phrase, but this isn't your daddy's Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it, it shouldn't be. If it's done right, it won't be your dad's Star Wars. No, not at all. Like, this, you have to now bring this to a new generation of people, much like they did Star Trek. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, I'm like, anything new coming out of it, even if this was, like, Lucas doing it, I'd still see it. I mean, but again, I'm really excited about it. I'm just trying not to get too hyped because, well, you know. Yeah, I, do you ever see the movie Fanboys? I think they do uh, the best. <laughs> That's the one um, where like they were trying to get the kid to like the screening because yeah, was, like, the last scene in the movie is like, hey, dude, what if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, oh, okay, this is great. I rented that movie because I don't know if you remember that whole controversy where they were going to change the story and people were fighting to keep it the way it was meant to be. And, like, there was some sort of weird developmental issues as far as the script goes in the story. So I couldn't wait to see this movie. And not for nothing, it was cute. Not the funniest thing I've ever seen, but you're right. That last line, I didn't laugh really during this whole movie, but that last line, I fell out of my chair laughing. Because I can't end it, like, the whole thing where Seth Rogen, where he's got, like, the tattoo of oh, the God. young Anakin <laughs> and Jar Jar. It's like, they're going to be so cool, man. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just love Jay Baruchel and all those people. It was great. Yeah, that last line was just perfect because I, I feel like this is the thing that I'm trying to avoid with this movie is you're going in so hyped, like, you, you know, more than anything, I want to see this. And then that constant fear of, wait, what if this doesn't work out? It's like a marriage. Like, you're excited, but you're always nervous. You're like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, why are you here? Why are you? Like, like, you, you... I felt like that about the wedding. Like, you know, you you look forward to it. You look forward to it. Then the day comes and, like, you're nervous as shit. You're like, oh my god, oh my god, this is here. Like it's it's like you have to keep reminding yourself, be in the moment, be in the moment, be in the moment, be in the moment. <laughs> He's like, be the moment. <laughs> Watch the fucking movie. Uh, I had a blast on your podcast, and we kept referring to each other as evil twins. Uh, it was weird because we obviously like I don't think we technically know each other. We never actually met, but we just no. got along way too fucking well for a couple of nerds who just found each other on the Twitter and decided yeah. to be fellow podcasters. It was it was weird. a little scary. Yeah. And thankfully, we didn't get into one of those Highlander situations where one of us had to cut the other's head off. You would win anyway, so it's fine. Not really. Have you seen me with a sword? I'd probably cut my own hand off before. Me too. Else. So so we'd go like reverse Hunger Games style and both somehow unintentionally kill each other. But I would somehow kill myself by accident while you would kill yourself by accident. Like, it'd be like this giant broadsword that I could barely pick up. Like, I swing wide. It completely misses you. It just comes up on the other end and just cuts my own head off. Oh, God. So we'd be like the Three Stooges or something like that where we somehow both – South Park did that. They did their version of the Three Stooges but with the serial killers. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you ever watch South Park and get mad because it's too good? You're like, come on, guys. That's not fair. Certain episodes, yes. Yeah. The... I feel like I get that way with The Simpsons a lot because yeah. I would watch I watch some old episodes and I'm like, I'm angry. I'm like, I could have written something this genius. Or no, I'm angry because I can't write anything like that. Like the Conan O'Brien years for me especially. Uh, even like like the monorail episode. Like, come on, man. That's not fair. 
still that that episode has one of my favorite exchanges. Like I know I'm getting off topic, but oh, where, there's like, no, please go off topic. That's the whole the, point. the monorail is going out of control, and like you know, Marge comes in with Leonard Nimoy's character, and she's <laughs> on the radio. She's like, "Oh, Homer, there's someone here who can help you." He's like, "Is it Batman?" He's like, "No, it's a scientist." He's like, "Batman's a scientist." He's like, "No, it's not Batman." Like, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I know that. Oh, God, I fucking love this. Simpsons, like, watching old Simpsons episode is like mom's tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwich. Like, there's some, there's some weird, fuzzy warmth feeling I have to those episodes that I will love and cherish for the rest of my life. Like, I really want to get a Simpsons tattoo. I know that's in my thing I want to do next kind of thing. Yeah, I said it. Simpsons tattoo. No, you know what? show does that for me now actually uh bob's burgers is becoming like my new simpsons where i am just enthralled and enamored and in love and there's exchanges and i think about it and like i just get this warm gushy feeling and i think about some of those episodes i love it so much for the longest time i couldn't get it like at least for the duration of the first season because people were going like nuts especially on you know twitter and tumblr and things like that. yeah and i didn't get it at first so i sat down and actually i cheated i started at season two mm-hmm. and i'm like holy shit like this is great like luis is my spirit animal yeah but then the voice cast is great because um what's her name kristen shawl who i'm yep. like, a huge fan of like between her obviously you have you know um, Eugene Berman, John Benjamin, John Benjamin, Dan Mintz. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember. the Whoever does Linda, it's a guy, and he's really funny. John Roberts. John Roberts, that's right. Oh, my God. Boss Burgers, I love. However, I think my love of Boss Burgers isn't nearly as strong as my love for Archer. Okay, I'm with you on that one. Well, equal, because I love Archer. Archer is another show I watch, and I get angry of how in, how – they're on a different level of intellect that I'll never understand. And I, I'm okay because I've had to go online and look up their jokes. They had like a top ten literary references made in Archer. And one of them was like a reference to like a like a, a book written in Latin in like the year 300 or something. I got all that wrong. But it was like this obscure, obscure reference that only like a Harvard Latin literature major would know in fucking Archer. What makes Archer so amazing is not even like the hidden jokes, but the obvious jokes. Like, because Archer will always kick into like some like obscure X Men reference, and <laughs> there'll be dead silence, and then he'll explain the joke, and it's just like I was already laughing with you, but it makes it that much funnier to point out to the fact that hey, this is an obscure reference. There's a joke in one of the episodes where the punchline is farm subsidies. <laughs> <laughs> It was with uh, when uh, Jack Brer from Thirty Rock was the guest, and they go to the uh, guy, the gay guy's house down in like the south. And yes. I don't remember what happened exactly, but he opens it up. It's like, how do you afford this? And something, something farm. Su- the punchline is farm subsidies. The level of dialogue and comedic timing to reach a punchline of farm subsidies. You are just reaching, thinking that your audience is probably smarter than they really are. And if you miss the joke, it doesn't matter. But if you get it, you're just like, oh. My God, did I just hear that? <laughs> yeah, my wife and I watch Bob's Burgers and uh, Archer a lot. I, I've watched, I didn't see the last season of Archer because it's not on streaming yet, but I've watched no, I haven't every either. episode. The okay, one, when they end up in space. You? Oh, okay, I you mentioned space one. That was amazing. Oh, when they did the Bob's Burgers crossover? That one scared the shit out of me, actually. I loved it. It was I, creepy because it's like I wasn't uh, used to seeing those characters drawn in that style. It had this weird uncanny valley thing to it. I loved it. It was incredible. Like they really <laughs> took it. They took a risk. They took a risk. I recommend. Yeah. Oh man. Well, one one thing I really uh, enjoyed about doing your show is like you just seem to have a passion for things that I also like and music and art and comics and like. You're just such a fun-loving person. It's awesome. And I like to compliment people because they get really uncomfortable. Thanks. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. It's already working. Crap. How do you know? <laughs> but you remind me of my brother-in-law, and you they live, he lives near you, but same way. Like, loves, he's like into anime and Star Wars and all that stuff. Uh, I fucking love it. I, I feel like the luckiest man. I married into a nerd family, which is a w- okay thing to marry into. It is pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, oh, not so much the. Yeah. Ma- I mean, I don't know about the married part. Not that I'm against it. I'm just not married. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally have watched my cousin, my wife, and my brother-in-law get in a screaming match while intoxicated after my wedding about Star Wars for Star Trek. And I'm not kidding. I mean, screaming and throwing things like anger over Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, don't no, take this, don't take this the wrong way though. But 
I didn't realize that battle was still going on. It was who would win in a fight. It, well, we were all pretty drunk. It was either like who would win, like Picard or the or Vader, and they were Not just a- fucking scream. It was amazing, but like in that loving way. And I was like, good. I'd rather hear people get this passionate about that than like football. <laughs> I could try to get that passionate about football, but again, the Picard Vader fight. Now, here's the thing. In a straight fight, like let's say, for instance, if this were just like on the Enterprise, Picard would probably die. However, if Picard could find some way to lure him to the hollow deck, like Picard, you sound like my wife right now. That's exactly (laughs) Picard in and of himself. He's an he's an intellectual, which is why I think there's that argument between Kirk and Picard because Kirk was a man of action. He didn't have time to think. That's why he had Spock. You know, where Picard, he was, like I said, he he's like a walking chessboard. However, that's what's so great about him in the hollow deck, because he'll go into, like, you know, 1930s mobster Picard, and he'll gun you down with the hell and back. <laughs> However, I don't know if Force powers would still work, though. Vader might still win. Well, he's got the Force. Wouldn't he win? Yeah, considering that the man blocked actual laser blasts with his fucking hand. I know. A phaser, what about Maggie? I don't think it's... So what about Magneto versus Vader? Does Magneto, Magneto always win because he can, can control the metal? Yeah. Oh, and the thing is, Vader's body is like half cybernetic anyway. <laughs> what done. a fucking bitch. I mean, Magneto's ripped Wolverine's out of man team out. He's dismantled cable. He's lifted entire buildings. He's Vader's not fighting. I'm sorry. Vader's Did you like the new team. X-Men movie? Uh, my my wife and my brother-in-law, the, three, uh, the four of us, saw it together. And we loved it. Um. Okay. You remember how you're but, saying I was like fun loving and like I'm really positive. Now it's over. This, it's done. Good. Let's hear it. My prop. Okay. There's a lot of reasons I would assume to hate it because, and uh, I, I, I was like, I was like, oh, that's fun, and then I, I feel like other people that had a lot of more thoughts into it than I ever did. I'll try to get the condensed version that doesn't me sound like a raging fanboy. I think my problem is I read too much X Men as a kid. Like that was like that was my main uh, before the Avengers. That's not a problem. Was- that's a great thing. But when the movies came out, now, okay, let's see. Let's try to go down the list. Like When the first X-Men movie came out, it was that weird time where obviously comic book movies, I mean, the Blade series had already been out, but, you know, we were at that weird point where they were naturally downplaying a lot of the comic book elements, you know, to make it palatable. You know, so obviously they're wearing, like, the black leather instead of the spandex, stuff like that. Made sense. Days of Future Past, like, I appreciate the fact that they... Okay, how can I put this? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not even getting to the whole time paradoxes because, well, time travel in general is just ridiculous. But uh, it's I don't understand how it is that Kitty Pride was able to send people back in the past. She doesn't have that ability. Like, all they, they never just took the time out to say, well, well we had developed this technology with Sabri, bro, nothing. All she could really do is go through walls. I don't really understand how holding her hands on the side of somebody's head was sending them back. Huh, now I don't like the movie. <laughs> it's just, I, I have an issue with the movies only because they've always taken these weird liberties with powers. Like, I, I almost had, like, the seizure during the Wolverine where they kept tweaking his, his healing factor where it was able to be suppressed by, like, nanobots, which doesn't work. And yet... If his healing factor doesn't work, his adamantium doesn't work because his healing factor is the only thing that's actually keeping the adamantium in his body and keeping him from dying. And yeah, even just, I know that. That's funny you said that. As you were saying that, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's the only reason he can even exist. Days of Future Past, I understand what they were doing because this is what, Brian Singer's first directing gig with the X-Men since I think the second one? Yeah. And, I'm, the joke is I like to think that the third one was so bad they had to erase it. Right, and a lot of bad stuff happened after that. Now, first class was a nice attempt, but I think yeah. basically was like, you know what, let's take all the stuff that happened after my movie and bring it back. And then he had that weird uh, sex scandal, too, simultaneously, so Ooh, he didn't get yeah. to get out front. I don't know if I really understood that, but I think, well, he was definitely, I, I don't think he was a pedophile, but I think he was definitely into younger men, and there was always questionable age. Yeah, it's this, I don't know, depending on which article you read, because I guess this article presupposed that Brian Singer, along with some other producers, actors, you know, really big, powerful names in Hollywood, 
you know, they're kind of like, you know, they're they're into, you know, younger men. And it's kind of like, I guess what they equated to was like a lot of that, you know, unfortunate casting couch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think from my understanding, I listened to this great podcast called the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. The, he's a great writer. And uh, it's kind of like the same thing with the Bill Cosby stuff. It's like everybody in Hollywood already knows this. And it's just like been hush, hush, hush. And it's it's shitty. It's shitty that if you can make a company enough money, it's like the same thing with Penn State. If you can make someone enough money, laws don't apply to you, basically. Yeah, and it definitely soured my opinion on a movie because, again... Yeah, I mean, just, I it, I know. It, they say, you know, you're not supposed to let a person uh, have their their personality affect their art. But for me, it's impossible not to. Like, do you know how many bands that I have loved because I met them once and I was a fan and they were nice to me? You know, like, music right. and art, it's very personal to me. Like, I don't know Brian Singer, but if you told me a story or, like, or like, all right. So Taylor Swift, she's a cool pop artist. I I, I should have no opinion of her because she's just a regular pop artist. But Correct. then she's like a good person who shows up to children hospitals. Makes me like her more. Makes me like her music more. You know that kind of stuff. It, it affects. And then when it's they do really bad things, you're like, oh man. Yeah, it definitely did not help. But then again, at the same time, I realized that when. Comic book movies have gone come a long way since, like, let's say those first two X Men movies. Yeah, they've real, like they've really, thanks to things like Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Avengers, you know, we've kind of gotten to that point where at least uh, I can only really speak for Marvel because I watch it more and I'm more aware of it. But they've got to that point where it almost embraced that comic book side that Hollywood kind of downplayed. Yeah, you have no problem seeing someone wearing like a colorful red, white, and blue uniform punching people. It's not that weird anymore. But to see the X-Men series go back to those early, like, you know, black leather, kind of very dark settings, it's sort of jarring now because Brian Singer hit the reset button on, like, a universe that's kind of gone past this point in time. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think, unfortunately, like, Days of Future Past, while not the worst movie in the world, because, I mean, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is good. Like, she's good in everything. But that's the thing, like even things like Mystique, where I mean, don't get me wrong, Jennifer Lawrence was great as Mystique, but I, kind I also of felt that the... she didn't need to be in it. Yeah, I mean, she's a popular character, but they kind of I missed the Mystique of the comics. You know, you're cunning. You know, she's basically someone who's easily can stand up to Wolverine. Like, you know, between like her deadly skill, like we don't need to see her blue and naked anymore. We could finally give this girl some clothes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I get annoyed at when they try to use women as sex appeal because, like, I I want character. I want depth. Like, seeing someone naked or seeing someone attractive on screen, I, like, we're at that point in our – we've hit this point in our lives where we have access to anything we want. Give me substance. Give me depth. I don't care if she's good looking. Just make a good fucking character. Right. But, again, like, um, McAvoy and um, Fassbender, like, I think – those killed two, it. granted, they killed it. But again, they're just great actors. Yeah, and you know, play, I, I, I see what you mean. It wasn't like a it. terrible movie, but I see, I see the flaws that you pointed out, and you're like, oh yeah, that is and like. I, I admit though, a lot of them are like those stupid fanboy gripes. Like, okay, why did you need Quicksilver to break into this facility? And if Magneto is strong enough to lift the baseball stadium, how was he kept in this concrete prison and not be able to pull the magnetism from like past that? It's the weird playing with the, like, for instance, what was that scene with um, Peter Dinklage's character of Trask? Yeah. Um, who actually was black, mind you, but I love how no one complained about that. But black, I didn't know he, that. <laughs> yeah, but um, he, when he's describing the Sentinels he was making, he made they made a point to tell the audience that it was made of a special space-age polymer, so that way it made it, like, first, like, um magnetism or something like that and it's like there's that i know why they said that to let everybody else know that magneto's not going to be able to screw with them but he does it anyway yeah you know it's and i I think my problem is i can't be objective enough to just enjoy that movie for what it is so i admit like i I don't think i'll ever really be able to enjoy an x-men movie only because they have a have a hard time getting the core characters down and you didn't feel that about avengers or guardians I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's mild things here and there about the Avengers, but again, 
they, for the most part, embraced at least the, the essence of the character, even if the stories are different. You know, even if it doesn't happen exactly how it happened in the comics, but they still keep the core of what makes Captain America, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, you know. They did a good job of just following, get, basically getting the spirit right. Because X-Men, their whole thing, and I kind of missed the old days of X-Men, where that book was obviously an allegory for civil rights. Yeah. And while, you know, it's, you know, at one point it was obviously, you know, whether it be, you know, the impression of, like, you know, minorities and maybe, like, you know, homosexuals or women, you know, basically the disenfranchised and representing these people learning to coexist in a world where people flat out despise them. Mm. And naturally having to, you know, not only defend those people, but also live among them and having that kind of back and forth between Xavier Magneto and the different ideologies. And I feel like the X-Men, even in the comics, in a way, kind of don't have that anymore. Like, you know, obviously you see people in costumes fighting other people in costumes, but you don't get that struggle anymore. That's yeah, I I with you. I like the commentary part. That was the thing I used to love about the X Men a lot. And now that as you're saying that, I'm like processing. I'm like, I did feel that. I wasn't feeling that in the movie. Like I think the first one, the first two, did that very well. Right. And then what the fuck happened with that Wolverine movie and Ryan Reynolds? Like, why did that exist? (laughs) I, I, you know what? I'm (sighs) tempted to just do a podcast on that movie alone. I don't I don't know what that was. I'll join <laughs> you, man. If you ever want to do that, I actually really want to do fun episodes like that. Right, let's do that sometime. Let's uh both watch it, take notes and then just discuss it. It's 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 and the thing is I can't even attack it from a continuity aspect. I mean, I could, but it's just I just don't understand who watched that. Like, and I'm talking like after they shot it, looked at it and said, "This is the movie we want to make. This is going to be big." And sometimes I know with film, like it's the director has a vision, the writer has a vision, and then someone who makes all someone who's not creative comes in and just fucks it up. Or yeah, there's just so many moving parts. So it's really amazing when anything is good. Like that's that's one thing I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got some goodwill out of it. Um, I guess they're finally making that Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie. Did you see R.I.P.D. Another movie that sounded great, and then you're like, what? I saw the trailers and I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I tried. Um, man, they filmed one scene of that in Providence, but they filmed it in Boston. It was like the opening. So I was like, oh, I got to go. I actually, the day they were filming in Providence, it was nothing, um, no major scene. It was like none of the actors were in it. It was all the extras. So right. like I was, remember talking to the woman who was like sitting in front of the trailer. She was really nice. It's like, oh, sure. They, I watched uh, a second, um, what ended up being one minute of the whole movie, a two-day shoot. Of the, so I was like, oh, I'll watch it. I got like... <laughs> Ten minutes into the movie, I was like, "What? Why? What? This is this is so stupid." And I like Jeff Daniels, and I like Ryan Reynolds, and like, I don't know. I just um the episode your episode by the time your episode will go up, it won't be inconsistent. But the episode that just posted with Max Baines, um, a friend of mine from college, he works in post production, so he was oh cool explaining to me like the way a movie goes. It's like the editor has it's like the director has like an edit. And then the producer has to come in and have an edit. And then, like, the executives or the studio has an edit. And it's like, oh, my God. I Having that many, like, fucking cooks in the kitchen, no wonder why things are terrible. That should be good. Yeah. And that's the one thing I will say. And, again, I sound like this Marvel fanboy. But, I, like I said, I just I know Marvel just because that's what I grew up with. At least there, like, I know we, there was a lot of concern that when Disney bought Marvel, there was going to be, like, this sort of changing of the guard. And maybe there is to a point. But at least on a basic level, kind of like what like we were talking like with you know J.J. Abrams doing Star Wars and Star Trek. You know, if there's a sheer difference when you're making you know a studio movie by someone who kind of understands and who's a fan, and by someone making it as a committee. Like as yeah. much as I loved, like let's say the last two Amazing Spider-Man movies, I know I'm like in the definitely in the minority of, minority of that because I know a lot of people don't like them, but you could definitely tell there was a lot of like studio interference where you could definitely tell where there was a lot of things that they wanted in there that probably didn't really have any, you know, cohesive elements to the rest of the story. 
you know, basically someone wanting yeah, like yeah. wanting to use the the property but play around in it like almost kind of like what Atlas used to refer to as a sandbox, you know, yeah. playing with the toys as opposed to like, you know, putting those toys up on a display and you know, treating them nicely. I know I know they made those movies cuz they just wanted to keep the property. I think who I think Marvel owns it but some I don't there's some story behind it. The only reason those got made is so they can keep the rights. Right. It was a weird and this is the the, the sad part, you know, if we're going to continue on this path with Marvel. They went they were going to go bankrupt uh, multiple times back in the day, like fairly wow. recently. Like I think it's like in at least in the 90s, maybe even the 80s. But, you know, the company has been in a bad way for a very long time until fairly recently. So in order to stay afloat, they sold off, you know, a lot of their movie properties just to at least recoup some of that loss back. But the plan was, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. So I'm sure someone on, like, Twitter or Facebook will correct one of us. But where they – the stipulation is they have to keep making movies because if too much time lapses, the rights revert back to the parent company. Yeah, yeah, that's an intellectual property law. It's like it's like how ex- you have to use it, use it or lose it or something. Yeah, it's not. Basically, yeah, yeah, and that's oh man, um, yeah. Uh, so let me uh, ask you this: So when did your geekdom, nerdum, whatever you want to call it, is this just something from birth? Did you have a uh, older brother, or sister, or friend that kind of brought you into the world of this stuff and then just stuck with you? Oh no, I didn't have a choice. I mean, my parents. I would say probably more so my dad. Like, from birth, like, I, I would say from, like, the minute I was, like, let's see, the the first, well, that's not really geek, though, but, I mean, granted, I think one of the first movies I remember seeing at, like, three years old in, like, the late 80s was, like, Die Hard, because we didn't have babysitters back in the day. Nice. But my dad, you know, was very big into comic books. I mean, my mom was, too, but mainly my dad, you know, he was into, like, you know, which is which cracks me up, because he... Always talks about, you know, two of his favorite books. You know, he was into Spider-Man, but Silver Surfer and Black Panther. And I'm like, who, what kid likes Silver Surfer? Like, you know what I mean? But it's it's such like, you know, but it was a deeply, you know, intellectual story. It was less of superheroes punching each other in the face. But, you know, Silver Surfer dealt with a lot of, I guess, um, what would you consider that to be? I guess not really existentialism, but, you know, things like that. You know, these really sort of... You know, means about existence and things like that. Where and then between that and Black Panther, because let's face it, there weren't too many black superheroes back then. But yeah, my dad, you know, sitting down with him, you know, watching things like you know aliens that are like you know. Your dad sounds like the man. My dad is pretty awesome. Like, I mean, granted, it's like you know, it took years, you know, later to realize, you know, because you go to that phase, you're like, oh god, my parents. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like my dad, he was that guy who you know. We would, like, you know, we would go to the movies and he'd, like, quiz me on, like, directors or, you know, he's like, oh, this is a list of movies you need to see before you get older. Just, oh, man. <laughs> these are the books you need to read. <laughs> just, And, yeah, he went to that phase for a while. Like, you know, once I kind of got really into comics, you know, there was that while where he's like, you know, comics really aren't, like, actual books, but it's, you know. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. forever. Right? <laughs> but it was yeah. just, But it's so funny because, you know, for a lot of years I thought maybe – my, you know, because again, obviously, just being grown up in the geeky household between him and my mom, both, you know, big music geeks, you know, big, you know, into like comic books, and especially with movies like sci-fi and action, you know, martial arts and stuff like that. Fairly recently, I would say this was maybe about five years ago. Like, my dad, you know, like my cousin, you know, he lives in um the house that my um grandparents grew up in. And I guess my dad actually still had boxes of stuff left over, like, in the basement. And keep in mind, we've been there for years. We didn't know this stuff existed until he sends my cousin I text. I'm like, make that there's there's a box I have underneath the staircase of the basement. Bring it up because I'm going to come pick that up uh, one day. I'm like, fine. And he keeps sending his text, like, week after week. I'm like, all right, fine. We'll go get this stupid box. So I'm bringing out my cousin. I'm like, should we open this? I'm like, no, why should we open this? I'm like, why why wouldn't we? Like, we won't tell anybody. So I open it up and there's like men's catalogs. There's like painting sets in there. There's like sketchbooks. And at the bottom of the box, I shit you not, is a newspaper clipping of the summer of nineteen seventy seven, Star Wars. Oh man. And I'm like, no wonder he wanted this thing. Like, this is crazy and and, you know, again, I just grew up in a very geeky household, and thankfully, as I, you know, got older, I, you know, there wasn't, again, there wasn't, like, a lot of that too much, at least not in my school. There was a couple of kids who were into the same things, but 
it just you know it's just something that it's just it's in the blood it's in the family Same that's really my sweet aunt. You know, she's definitely into the same, you know, she she watches all this, like, you know, ridiculous sci-fi movies, like, yeah. Mansquito and Sharknado, stuff like that, <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, we, we all grew up in a very geeky environment, so when you talk about your wife and her family, I'm like, you know what, dude, it's it's the greatest feeling in the world, but it's also the worst feeling, because you can't shut that off. Like, one of my favorite yes. phrases that, I know I didn't come up with it, but just, you know, geeking ain't easy. Like, it's just, it's a lifetime <laughs> commitment. Like it Yeah, is. it really is. I, uh, yeah, it's, I respect it's you guys for it. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I went through that phase where I kind of denounced it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you ever had that thing where, because I obviously know you're way into music. I don't know if you ever had that thing where maybe you kind of stepped away from it, figured, uh, I don't know if it was like it wasn't for you or you thought maybe you outgrew it for a while. or. Yeah, I think I'm actually just coming out of that phase now and slowly getting back into it. I, def- I don't know why, but like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I hate doing that. That stupid excuse. Life gets in the way, but like a lot of things in my life had changed, like with moving and things. And like, yeah, you just. Oh, it's just funny how that goes. But then it's just nice to know that there's certain things that you could love forever, and then you can leave for a little while, and you come back, and it's still there. You know, yeah. like, it's like a good album, or like, uh, um, I, see, I wish I liked comic books, and I've always tried. I just hate reading, and I know that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, but yeah, that's not true. But some people, I guess, are more visually oriented. Like, I mean, like for instance, like I said, my sister—you know—she's probably listening to this now. Where like ears are burning, but she. Oh, well, that's really nice like, that your family would listen. Yeah, but like they're avid. Like she and my mom are like avid readers. Like they can go through a book like nobody's business. Oh my Me, god, my I'll wife's sit the same there, way. I'll sit there and read a book, and it'll take me months to read, like, two chapters, let alone finish a book in a day. I can read one book a year, I feel like, is what how many I can get through. And the last book I read was about, like, uh, the author of Calvin and Hobbes. My wife can burn through, like, two books a week, sometimes more. Like, it, I have no idea how people do it. I'm like, oh, I've been reading the same book since, like, August. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, but I don't know. It's just like comics just kind of speak to me. It's just no. I think it's great, and I respect the shit out of them. I just wish I liked him more. I, God, you and my brother in law would get along so well because he loves all this stuff. But yeah, it depends on what you're into. Because you know what? I think what's happening in geek culture, and I hopefully people will still continue to see this, is that I think for a lot of people they feel like they can't get involved. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, you only know, like, the superhero stuff, you know, the spandex, the capes, you know, like, the 500-issue run from, like, the mid the early 70s kind of thing. But we're, I, I would say we really are in this great point right now where there's so many different comics about so many different things. Like, you know, you're, like, your random, like, your slice of life stuff, you know, your, you know, comic books aren't just, you know giant lasers and spandex like there's some really great storytelling to be had so what's like the non could you recommend some like non-mainstream comics besides the spider-man and batman that someone out there listening could get into like who who you what are you reading that isn't like the big the big popular stuff oof and this this sucks though and i wish atlas was here because i can never remember the names of things that's Um, cool you sound like me. Oh. I, people oh, God, ask me I'm a basic question. Out. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I need an adult stranger danger. Code Adam. No, let me stop. Um, oh, shit, this is killing me right now. Um, I would say anything from like a good starting point, I would say, crap, I had it in my head. I just completely lost it. I don't know. It depends. Okay, let's put it to you this way. You're into music, right? Yeah. Have you ever read um, Phonogram? No. Um, let's see. Jamie McElvey and um, Kieran Gillen wrote this book. It's pretty awesome. The problem is I can't even remember the synopsis right now. <laughs> it's all right. You sound like me. That's why we're evil twins. Right? Like, okay, I'll put it to you this way. Two publishers I absolutely love, Oni Press and Image Comics. Like, They do really great indie stuff. Um, I don't know. Have you ever read Scott Pilgrim? I saw the movie. Oof. I liked it. Okay. Um, I don't judge. I think you would dig the comics. Because if yeah. you dug that story, like, to have that, then, you know, I think that's a good 
I think you'd absolutely love that book. You know, I, I feel kind of spoiled because I live in Providence and I'm within walking distance of two record stores and a, a comic shop. I actually live in between two of them, even though one's closing by the end of this month, which sucks. But and you're in Montclair, right? Yeah, I love I, I love Montclair. They just opened up a one, and this is bad because I used to live in Bloomfield, like I told you on my show. Yeah, for yeah. Maybe two and a half years, and I was about let's say six minutes away from a comic book store. Then I moved back home to Patterson for a while, but now living back in Montclair. So guess what happens? My old store is closing, but they opened up a brand new one literally a block away. Oh, wow. And, and it's, like, it's kind of like basically trying to 12-step, and then someone opens up a crack house right next to your house. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have enough money as it is. Why do you keep opening oh, up all gosh. these? The, the, there's one near me. It's called Multiverse, which is it's really cool. And they have some. I, I think I'm getting this right, but they have like a cooperate. There's like a bar restaurant called Julian's, which is pretty well known around here for like hipsters. Really amazing restaurant. They do. Uh, the, they've sponsored Dungeons and Dragon nights at this bar. I I I want to go to there. Like, why don't I have that? Providence have is this? fucking great. It's and no one knows. It's it's a really tiny secret city that's got a lot going for it, and it's. There's a lot of huge. I live in. There's a lot, a lot of great nerd culture here. It's pretty cool. How? Do, I mean, I, I okay. I'll put it to you this way. Like, I mean, not that I'm necessarily an angry drunk, but I figured you put something as intense as D and D in a room, but then you add alcohol to the mix. Yeah, I might not, not get crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try D and D one day. I've been invited once, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, but maybe I should go for it. It's involved. I actually, I didn't play myself, but um. An old comic book store I used to go to. They actually st- started because again they had like a separate room just for like you know tabletop gaming and things like that. So I guess guys, they were gonna start a D and D there, but I guess the campaign got really involved. So unfortunately, it kind of grew larger than the space they had. But it's, it's yeah, I don't have that time commitment. And that's the thing, though. It's a lot of time commitment, and I think that's half the reason, other than laziness, why I haven't done it. Only because it's like, well, holy shit, like. I'm like, I don't know. You got the podcast. I thought, well, yeah. And the podcast takes up enough time. It it does. It really does. It does. Um, Actually, hitting the hour. Sorry, I thought I'd have more time tonight, but it's almost 1030. I actually have to go to bed pretty soon because I have to go to work in the morning. I'm so late. Um, So where could people – first off, thank you. Come back anytime, and let's do like a two-hour episode. Uh. This was a blast. Um, yeah, definitely. Where can people find like, you? I, I feel like I, I hope we. T- I, it was weird because that didn't feel like an hour. I swear to God, I think it did we not just feel like an on. hour. We no, just turned um, it on, and that's kind of weird. If you're I mean, cool honestly, with that, I would love to have you be like, like someone who comes on like once a month, man. Like you're just so much fun dude, to talk with. I'm not doing. I, I really am. Like I would like, and again, I'm pulling the curtain back a little bit, but. Other than like doing the shows and while well, dicking around playing PlayStation, I'm pretty available, so I'm glad to come back. No problem. I'm Day glad that day. you think that I am not that available, but I totally am. I just don't want people to know that I am. <laughs> I wish I had. Oh crap! Now you said that. And I watch I a said. lot of Friends. <laughs> Great. Now that we everybody knows that we're not nearly as busy as we. No, it we like to pretend we are, but it's like, well, it's almost ten thirty, and I need to like go to sleep soon because I have to right. work tomorrow and. It's right. hit a certain age where it's like if I don't get a good night's sleep, it's really gonna ruin my whole work day. And now, oh, just, see, I don't know what that's like. I sleep for like two and a half hours sometimes. It's bad. Oh, I like I I have a new job that requires me to use my brain more than I'm used to, and like it's like hard. And ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you know, I'll make it easy for you. Okay, so where can the people find me? Um, well, the podcast, um, Adrian. Well, not your address. Issues. That would just be. Bad. Yeah, the the Twitter for the my podcast is at Adrian Atlas Pod. Um, I guess well, I my personal account on Twitter is at hex underscore is underscore board. So it's hex is board, but underscores in between the. That's really bad. I hope people can actually figure that out. Um, um, I guess we're also on. I don't really do much Facebook, but yeah, those two Twitter accounts. Um, at hex underscore is. <laughs> underscore board and at agent atlas pod is where i reside i don't really i mean facebook is there but i don't do it as much as i do tweet i'm constantly online so yeah hopefully you didn't weird is, out your uh oh god no please and it's adrian and atlas have issues um i can take this part out is, is it still just is it still the two of you or have you switched directions yet 
Um, it's I'm actually in the process of that. I don't like I don't want to get it started just yet, only because the site's not up and running. Yeah, yeah, but, but um, it might take a little while to get this. I'll, I'll let you know before it goes up. So I'll do like the plug in the intro. So whatever status your your show is, and at that point, I'll I'll plug as such. Right. Well, at the moment, Adrian Atlas is um have issues is still, and obviously, I still want people to listen to those episodes because yeah, yeah. I'm still very proud of them. So you can definitely check me there. That Hex's board is also cool. And yeah, man, like thanks for having me on. And oh, of we'll course, we had to do this again. Yeah, if if you want, I can line this up to like. As a, the layout of your new site, so it could like promote it. Yeah, I'm having a pain with that, but again, that's a whole other podcast about the fact that you know trying to do layouts and stuff when you don't know website design a little tough. Oh my god, yeah, I just got joined a podcast network mostly so I could avoid doing all of that. And uh, oh, congratulations, Joe is man. nice. <laughs> Thank you. I this week, I, it's been in a talk. It's been in the talks for a while, and I finally got everything got the learning on and joe and square pop all those guys are great um that's fucking wonderful dude thank you so much let's do this again um please obviously come back and if you need you know if you ever need you ever need a guest anytime soon i'm pretty not busy (laughs) that's okay oh trust me believe me i have like a a short list of like my expendables type team of people are gonna need to come back because well i'm selfish and i want everybody to come love and talk to me me too everyone i have on which has been really cool. Everyone I've had on uh, has wanted to come back, and I will am in the process of having them come back. And to me, that's like the biggest compliment. Like, a, you said yes, and b, you come back. I'm doing something yeah, right. I'm like, holy crap! So I would high five you, but I would hit my computer, and it's already a mess. So, <laughs> all right, man. I guess I'll. Uh, I don't. Well, you did a sign off. This is your show. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, there's like, no sign off. Uh, thank you.